on today's episode of Power of the Towel, part of the Next Misconduct network of podcasts. After a week and bit where things looked like they were going to change dramatically in the Connects organization, not much really has changed. We get into all of that. Jim Benning's comments on being aggressive this offseason, maybe some potential expansion draft targets. We are at that time of year, and we'll end the show with my thoughts so far on the NHL playoffs, and our guest this week is the return. This is the first recurring guest, we can say, in the history of this podcast, and our guest this week is Max Misconduct's own Kyle Bowen. Should be a good one. You'll be saying wow every time you use this towel. He's not a person at all. He's a towel. You're a towel. But in Vancouver, mainly it's all about towel power. Are you ready? Welcome to another episode of Power of the Towel, part of the Next Misconduct Network of Podcasts. I'm your host, Nick Bondi. As we always say on the network, subscribe to wherever you get the podcast, whether that's Apple, Spotify, what have you. Leave us a five-star rating as well. Helps us boost up the rankings. And one day, one day I will get to reading your reviews on this podcast. Maybe that's an off-season thing. We're in the beginning of the off-season. Still tons of stuff to talk about. But I will get to your reviews one day or another. So it's been a, a few days since, I guess close to a week, since Jim Benny has announced. Well, he didn't announce, but the team announced. The organization pretty much they didn't announce that. I should say Elliot Freeman reported that Jim Benning is coming back as GM of the Vancouver Canucks. We had our media availabilities on Friday for the players and for the management. Travis Green is back. Not sure if Ian Clark is going to be back. But after a lot of anticipation, after a lot of rumors swirling that Jim Benning was going to be gone, that Travis Green was going to test the open market, not much really has changed. Not much really has changed. We still have Jim Benning and it is eight years general manager of the Vancouver Canucks. We have Travis Green, who, if you haven't read my latest piece on Nux Misconduct, I encourage you to, t- to check it out because I laid out my thoughts on the Travis Green contract extension. Essentially, look, it should have happened a while ago. A, f- a well-functioning organization makes this happen. But not much has really changed with the Vancouver Canucks. Now, of course, Ian Clark could be gone. We've talked about it on this show plenty of times. He's gone, I think, in my opinion. Now, there's reporting out there that the Canucks are going to make a final offer. They're going to make a final push to try and re-sign Ian Clark to a contract extension. But it sounds like he's a, he knows his worth. He has his own potential. He has his own potential deadline, his own internal deadline, and that has passed. And he's going to, he's gone. I think he's, I think Ian Clark's gone. So I guess that's one significant change. But other than that, not much has really changed with this franchise. Jim Benning is going to be back. Travis Green is going to be back now. Whether his assistant coaches are going to be back is 
you know, up in the air. But he's going to be back as a head coach of the Vancouver Canucks. They both have matching two-year deals. So not much has really changed. There's been rumors of trade requests. Sounds like JT Miller is not one of them. I think one of them is Nate Schmidt. So he may be gone. But after a lot of anticipation, I was just thinking about this a little after a lot of anticipation, after a lot of after a lot of speculation that there's going to be big changes with the Vancouver Canucks, ownership has decided that the status quo is the way to go. And I don't know if that's if that's a correct the correct judgment, especially on the management side. This team needs some serious, some serious retooling. They need to get younger. They need to get faster, especially in the bottom six. They need to fix that bottom six. And that's why it was interesting to hear Jim Benning going back to his press conference say he wants to be aggressive. He wants to be aggressive this offseason now. I think a lot of Canucks fans look at that and say, and cringe, they've seen aggressive Jim Benning before. Aggressive Jim Benning is signing Louis Erickson to a 6x6. Aggressive Jim Benning is signing Tyler Myers to a similar contract. Aggressive Jim Benning is trading a first-round pick for JT Miller. Now, of course, I think the JT Miller trade has worked out very, very well for Vancouver. You've added a top-six piece. But Louis Erickson... Look, he's still he's he's a taxi squad player making six million against your cap. Tyler Myers, I think you know he's best suited for a third pairing in his in his career trajectory. But he's making six million dollars a year. You got to play him top four minutes. You got to make sure that thing works out. So being aggressive for Jim Benning, for a lot of fans, myself included, that can be that can be concerning. That can be very concerning. Now, you have to wonder, has Jim Benning learned his lesson with free agency? Has Jim Benning learned his lesson in terms of giving out big contracts to leadership? That's another thing he mentioned. He wanted leadership. Has he learned his lesson in that regard? There wasn't really any big free agent signings outside of Brain Holpe. And even then, the Brain Holpe signing has is already looking pretty bad. And that was one which... Myself included, I didn't think posed that much of risk. But now you have a situation where Brain Holpe is a clear backup to Thatcher Demko. He's making over $5 million in real salary. It's going to be real hard to move him. You're stuck with them for another year. A $5 million backup, that's not good. That's not very good at all. So being aggressive this offseason for Jim Benning, that's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see, has he learned his mistakes? Has he learned to dial back the free agency has he learned to maybe not ta- target the biggest names in free agency, but has he learned to maybe be a bit smarter in free agency? Don't blow the bag, Jimbo. Don't blow the bag this offseason. I think a, a good way for Jim Benning and, and management to approach this offseason is exploiting the expansion draft. I think that's going to be very key for this team if they want to be a, a contender or, you know, Jim Benning says they want to make the playoffs next year. You you do that by exploiting the expansion draft, by finding, you know, that top four right shot defenseman, that top four right side defenseman in the expansion draft. I'm thinking of guys like Josh Manson from Anaheim, Jeremy Lozon, who I liked in the playoffs for Boston. Guys like that. You can find a right side defenseman who can fit in well with his core, I, I feel. 
in the expansion draft process because the Canucks, they don't have to protect a guy like Quinn Hughes. He's exempt. They're probably going to protect a guy like Tyler Myers because we know Jim Benning likes him. But other than that, like you, you've got a potential here to exploit the expansion draft to your advantage of Vancouver Canucks. You have the potential to pick up a good piece on that right side, or you can move to you know, a good bottom six player. They still need a third line center. They still need to improve that bottom six. Both those, both those things can be addressed in the expansion draft process. If you're the Vancouver Canucks and, and management, you can do that in this expansion draft. And it all leads to all these moves leads to one thing. Fans want a durable contender. Fans want a contender that is akin to you know the Washingtons, the Pittsburghs. Teams are in the mix every year, and sometimes, yeah. They suffer heartbreak in the first round. And sometimes, yeah, you know, they, they fall short of expectations. But you have a chance every year, realistically, to maybe go on a deep run. That's a team fans want. They want a durable contender. They don't want this hope and pray, get into the playoffs and see what happens. When they want, when they want to be in the postseason, they want a shot. They want a realistic shot. You can't fool fans anymore. Fans are smart. There's so much information out there. You can't fool them by saying, oh, we're just going to get in the playoffs and we'll see what happens. You can't fool. Fans are so smart nowadays. Fans want a durable contender. That's what they want. And to say your goal is to simply make the playoffs and see what happens. I'm sorry. That is not good enough. That is not good enough. I think that and maybe in Jim Benning's defense, he's not the best communicator. Maybe, you know, we, he still said for this team. His goal is to be a contender in two years' time. So maybe he thinks next year, or maybe he was trying to say next year, it's just about making the playoffs and getting that experience. And then the year after that, that's when you know some money clears off the books, and then we could be a serious contender. Maybe that's what he meant. But at the same time, look, Jim Benning's an old-school hockey guy. Maybe he just wants a team. Maybe he just firmly believes that getting in is a good, is, you know, being a Stanley Cup contender. I don't know. But at the same time, fans, again, fans want a durable contender. Don't fool them with the hope and pray playoff stuff. Fans want a durable contender. And the fact that nothing has really changed in the Vancouver Canucks organization after fans were getting their hopes up that there could be changes it's, a, it's an interesting time in the Vancouver fan base. Anyways, our guest this week is none other than Kyle Bowen. Just a minute. Don't hang up. Yellow. You'll have to speak up. I'm wearing a towel. So we this is something a bit different. We uh, we now welcome on the Power of the Towel podcast, part of the Next Misconduct Network of Podcast. Someone who's already part of the Next Misconduct Network of Podcast, the one and only Kyle Bowen. Kyle, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm glad we're doing this, and we actually haven't talked in a month. So uh, who knows what's going to happen over the next 15 minutes here. But, man, oh, man, I'm actually so happy right now. I'm talking to the people again. You're talking hockey. Yeah, where where you where you deserve to be, where you should be. Yeah. Talking so, talking to the people about the city's team. I know. The city's uh, the city's only team. That's what I call them. Vancouver they are. Vancouver Canucks are the city's only team. And uh, they're run by, you know, some of the worst management in hockey. <laughs> And that's embarrassing. And I'm not gonna front, man. It got to me. I thought I was. I thought I was thicker. 
Like, I thought I had thicker skin, but Jim Benning and company have actually just turned me off of anything Vancouver Canucks related. Jim Benning broke you. Broke me. And, uh, man, it's it's been off, man. This is my first love. The Vancouver Canucks were my first love. I think they were your first love, too. Absolutely. A lot of listeners right now. The Vancouver Canucks were your first love. And right now, I feel offended. I feel hurt. It kind of feels like that time I got cheated on way back when. After dating someone for five years, I got cheated on. It was embarrassing. Uh, I don't know if it's trust issues or or something else, but I, again, I just feel off. Something is missing, and I I have no faith in, again, those button pushers. I have no faith in them turning this, this narrative around. And the Canucks are an embarrassment, and they're probably going to be an embarrassment for the next 12 months because the trickle-down effect is real. In any mm-hmm. industry, mm-hmm. if it's that bad at the top, it's going to trickle down. And it's it's unfortunate because the city deserves way better. And my my eyes deserve way better, yo. I fuck with hockey, but... Are you even watching gross. the playoffs right now? I actually watched a lot of playoffs over the last two days. Yeah, Play, but playoff hockey, like you watch playoff yeah. hockey, and it's like, damn, you just realize something. Because it's easy for us, you know, we watch a lot of Canucks, mm-hmm. and we stay in that Canucks bubble, right? Mm-hmm. It's You watch playoff hockey, and you just go, damn, like, this team has a long way to go. I mean, you make them a couple moves in the offseason, I think. You could be a playoff team. You could make the playoffs. Half the team is going to make, half the league's going to make the playoffs, right? Yeah. But at the same time, there's a difference between being a playoff team and I think being, you know, a contender, like a Colorado Vegas, right? You can make, the Canucks can make the playoffs next season and, you know, they can be like the Blues. They just get shit pumped four straight games and they're done. Mm-hmm. I don't even think the Canucks can make the playoffs next year. And you look at what happened last year and that was, a cool little playoff bubble run. But you have to look at, again, what was probably going to happen if that was a normal season. And it was going to be another year where Jim Benning's team does not make the playoffs. And that's what Jim Benning teams do. They don't fucking make the playoffs. And it's, uh, again, not fair to the people. And you brought up playoff hockey. There's nothing better than first-round playoff hockey. It's right up there with... This like, is the best time of the sporting year. The first round of the NBA, NHL playoffs. Yeah. Best time of the year. Nothing like it. Especially for someone like me who likes gambling. Nothing better to just like sit. That's what I did yesterday on Sunday. Just sat back, gambled all day on sports. And we're not part of it. Like we no. get to, we get to view it because we like watching sports and we can get a thrill out of just watching any two teams play some playoff fucking hockey. But I'm not gonna front. I I miss it. Yeah, I, I watch that shit and it's. It's like, damn, it hasn't been consistent in the city where we get to watch that in over, not, well, not over a decade, but it seems that long. Real talk, when the team was going to make the playoffs for sure. And even if the Canucks make it next season, I don't know. I don't know. What, what am I even saying? Yeah. They're not making it next season. There's no way a Jim Benning-led team can be consistent. But okay, okay, okay. Here, Here's the thing, okay? Yeah, I, I made a list before I came here of okay, cool. all the things that happened this season. Okay, I'm just going to read them off. It, it was a wild season. When After you read this, you're going to be like, wow, a lot of shit happened this season. Logo controversy. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. An anti, the, Mark Donnelly getting fired over mm-hmm. Twitter by Francesco Aquilini. The, the COVID outbreak, and not just regular COVID-19, Brazilian COVID-19, rocking the entire team, finishing last in the division. JT Miller coming out, putting the team on blast. Shift clocks. Remember those shift clocks? Mm-hmm. Ian Clark. Ian Clark not getting re-signed. Well, he's probably not going to get re-signed. Niels Hoaglander. Fire betting. The fire betting plane. Remember that? that yeah, of course. A, one of the best moments well, of the season. <laughs> Jim Benning almost getting fired. Not once, 
but twice and surviving somehow each time. The reverse retro jerseys, which they lost in every time and are probably never going to be seen from again. The nastiest jerseys in the league. So and, gross. And at the end of it, what changed? Nothing. Nothing ended up changing. At the, they're bringing back everyone else and bringing back Travis Green. They're bringing back Jim Benning. It sounds like what John Weisrod's going to be back as well. It seems like management and coaching is going to be the exact same. And I understand. I like Travis Green. I think he deserves to come back. But from all that, from all this chaos in the season, finishing last. Think about like when we were doing these podcasts back in like January, man. We never predicted the Canucks would finish last in the Canadian division. When that that spot was re- reserved for Ottawa. And obviously, I think the COVID-19 pandemic and, and the outbreak had something to do with it. A big thing to but do with it, for sure. But after all, all that's happened in, in this 2021 season, this only all this shit only happened in 56 games, not a full 82, mm-hmm. 56 games against six, six different opponents. Nothing's really changed. Nothing is really going to change except mm-hmm. maybe a guy like Ian Clark leaves, which I think is definitely possible. Maybe, you know, the assistant coaches for Travis Green get swapped around. Nothing's really going to change. Nothing's really going to change, which yeah. is wild to think about. A highly unsuccessful season like this, nothing's really going to change. Yeah. This uh, whole season has just been... Exactly, dude. That was this whole season. Another highly unsuccessful season. It's been years of this, and nothing will change. It's the culture that is being set in that organization is fucking stale. It's just... It's not going anywhere. It's, it's a fucking problem. It's a quote-unquote cancer, and it's not... It's not going to change. It's not, nothing's going to change. It's it's not a good it's not a good thing to be a member of the Vancouver Canucks right now. It's just it's Buffalo Sabres bad. It's it's not even uh, it's, it's, it's not Buffalo it's, Sabres it, bad quite yet. Not, it has the potential to get that bad. It does have the potential to get there, but I would argue that it it is kind of that bad just based on that tier. If you look at the last seven years, the last eight years, we are on that bottom tier. That last yeah, they're year. definitely one of the worst organizations of the past they're five, six seasons. They're one of the worst seasons. three teams, four teams in the NHL over the last seven or eight years. That's just a fucking fact. And that's a long time. That's not three years. That's that's a long time. I was like 20 years old. You I know? was 20 years old when Jim Benning got hired. Dude, I just turned 20. I, I just at, turned 20. I was at Paradiso having a great time. The Canucks were just coming off of, yeah, the Gillis era, the Vigneault era, the, the run or whatnot. But we all envisioned that things would be different. But this is... This is a long time, and I look at it, and I'm being fucking pessimistic as hell, but, like, what proof do I have, or where can I garner any fucking hope that this is not going to be the case for the next three years? Mm -hmm. I I know I should take it one year at a time, but, damn. That's how Jim Benning takes it. He takes it day day at a time. He lives day to day. Damn, yo, because we just talked about watching the playoffs. Yo, the Canucks are a long ways away from being elite good, and... I say the word elite good. I know it's one step at a time, but yo, this city, beautiful city, Vancouver, we've been in this shit for fucking 52 years. You know what I'm saying? That's a long time, no cup. So it's it's just gross. It's gross what's happening. I feel like there's no accountability accountability, and that disconnect from organization to fans is is real. And for sure, for sure, I think the louder people, the critics are, again, always the loudest. Their, their narrative is always just easy for the, uh, for the clickbait. Canuck fans are mad, and maybe there is a silent group that is content. You know, Team Benning, Team Trust the Process, but I guarantee that group is super fucking small, super super yeah. small. So they're very is- much a vocal minority at this point. Yes, a hundred. And you know what? You know what? I know you as a very optimistic guy, Kyle. Mm. I know. You, I know it takes a, a lot for you to get this pessimistic. 
Because nothing's changed. Like, how does he not get fired? I just, I just want an explanation. And if Francesco can just go up there, give us a press conference, and just, okay, tell us why. Give us the fucking facts. Like, what are you basing this off of? How is he not fucking fired? Mm-hmm. It makes absolutely no sense at all. No sense at all. The, this market does not deserve it. And it's another year where, you know, we're going to be happy to see, uh, well, not happy, but we're going to be excited or optimistic to watch the fucking draft lottery. You get what I'm saying? It's just, it's just repetitive bullshit, man. It's, it's gross. It's so gross, man. And then we saw, I don't even want, Jim Benning is leading this team for another season. It is fucking crazy. I, I think to myself that anything is possible. When I, when I saw Jim Benning, I saw the fact that Elliot Freeman said that he was going to get another chance to fucking come back. I literally told myself, yo, anything is possible in life. Anything. You can do whatever you want because this dude is clearly not good at his job, and he hasn't been good for seven to eight years. You see, he's a classic example of failing upwards. Failing yeah, upwards. Yeah, dog. He's failing upwards. He's living the dream, man. Jim Benning is is living the dream. Hands down. Hands down. Yeah. yeah and you know, he got me going. I've been, I, I've been so good. I've been so good for weeks. You know, I showed my solidarity for the for the team, you know, coming coming back from COVID-19, the biggest outbreak probably in the sporting world, especially in North America. Definitely North sure. America, yeah. In, in North America. I showed my solidarity. I grew my fucking beard. My beard sucks ass. My beard sucks ass, but I grew it for the boys. But I had to stop watching. I couldn't do it. That's a waste of time. That's a waste of life. I'm getting older. I'm getting older in this thing called life. I'm almost 30 years old. I can't waste my time watching what we all know is going to happen, yeah. and that's... It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Well, it's I, I, I said on this podcast many times, I was watching those games out of some weird sense of moral obligation because of what I do here, right? Exactly. You're, I watch, you're I, at your job. I, you know, but yeah. you know what? Like, I don't remember anything from the 2016-2017 <laughs> season, that last stretch. Those games when I didn't have to do something like this, Dude, I don't remember anything like that. Bondi, I get what you're doing, and you live for the moment, and you have to, uh, you know, you have to be good at your job. But as a podcaster, as a content creator, you have to watch these games. You have to be better than I am at my job as a hockey podcaster. But I guarantee you will not remember the last ten or fifteen. I, I, de- that you I just definitely, watched. Won't. I definitely no, won't. I definitely so won't. You but just I know, but, life. but I know, but I know that going with in. Your mom, you could have hung out with your mom, your cousins, your dad. You could have went for a walk with them. You could have just used that time wisely. I was using that time to read more books. You know. And connect with my family because what can I, I say? I'm not I'm not a well adjusted individual like yourself. The, I told myself, fuck the Canucks right now. I'm not giving them three hours, three hours of my day today. I can't do it for what? For what? I've seen this story before. I've seen it before, yo. Oh, what what prospect is gonna come come in? Rafferty, right? He's gonna give us Rathbone. a Rathbone, Sorry, there you go. I haven't been watching. <laughs> He's gonna give us these uh these moral victories. We're gonna feel good. Oh, that guy could play a. Uh, uh, on the second unit next year. Oh, we may not sign Edler, blah, blah, blah. Just some bullshit, bro. It's just bullshit. Every year, it's the case. It's the case, man. It's the case with the Jim Benning team. What do you, what do you think Moral needs to change from the organization? Is it just, just as simple, simple as firing Jim Benning? Because I think that would be a good start. I think you need, obviously, you obviously need him gone, but you also need a president of hockey operations, right? Mm-hmm. You need someone who's good at communicating. Yeah, right? because Benning sucks at that, too. And they need... They need that. This organization needs someone who can communicate with the fans. Because, again, we talked about the disconnect. It's fucking real. It's real, man. It's real. It, it it feels as if Francesco doesn't really give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't give a fuck about us. Well, you know what? He, but I think the issue is with Francesco Aquilini. What, what I think happened with Jim Benning is he realized he has to pay him for another two years. He doesn't want to pay someone not to not work, essentially. Yeah. So he went, well... We can we can fire him and bring back someone you know who maybe not as maybe like at the same level, but we don't want to pay two people at once, right? So 
that's the thing. But I do think Francesco Acquini does need to address the fans at some point. I know he puts out those, you know, those little letters to season ticket holders. But why, on, why, why not like do stream like a little press conference? And I, you know, I'm sure like he wouldn't like getting roasted by the media, but like to help you, you talk, you talk. Team's a joke, bro. Team's a joke. Like how how does how does whatever happened with the Canucks and COVID nineteen happen and we get that miscommunication from management to the yeah. fans to the team. We, 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 we had JT Miller talk, just pretty much taking shots at the front office. Bo Horvat, the same thing. How does this management group send Travis Green out there on his last year of his deal when Jake Vertanen was accused of uh, what was that? Was, that was that was disgusting. That to, was, to, to send him said, out. He doesn't have a contract. He doesn't have a con- leave him twisting in the wind right like that. Like it was it's just was just brutal bullshit, bro. It's bullshit, but it. It makes sense only because it's the Vancouver Canucks, and they're run by Aquilini and Benning. This is the culture. This is what this organization does, and that's that's consistently be embarrassing. That's what they're doing, bro, and it's bad. It's bad because it's seven years. It's going to be eight years. It sucks. It sucks, man. Yo, a lot of kids are out there, I would say under the age of 15, who love the game of hockey, who are – living in beautiful British Columbia, and I guarantee a lot of those kids are not Canucks fans. No, they've been terrible for that entire time. They've been they've been terrible for one of the most exciting times in hockey. Real talk, because the yeah. game is fucking crazy right now. There's, there's so much talent in the fucking league. So the game is being played at, the, at an all-time level right now. It's exciting, and the Canucks have been so fucking embarrassing for that long. Why, why would kids want to cheer for the Vancouver Canucks? It's stupid. It's stupid. It's a waste of time. I, hey, Bonnie, you wasted a lot of time over the last two weeks. Anyone that was straight, watching, straight up, I did. Anyone I did. Anyone that was watching hockey over the last two weeks, I get it. You got to do things. You got to do the things you love, and maybe hockey, watching the Canucks is what you love. But I guarantee you, just wasted a lot of your time in life. You could have, you could have started a business, maybe you know, set up a, ch- a savings account somewhere else, maybe do some crypto shit. I don't know, but y'all just wasted some time, yo. Y'all wasted a lot of time. <sighs> I feel like I wasted tonight, time today, right now. I love talking to you, but. Damn, what what did we say that was new? I feel like we talked about this last year. It, it's and been the year before. Well, as long as Jim Benning's going to be here, it's going to be a lot of the same subjects, and a lot of people are going to bring up the same kind of like people are still bringing up like online. Like obviously Nick Ehlers, he has a great game. What do people bring up? Oh, Canucks going to draft him. Yeah, could could taking him yeah. over, talking about Jake Vertanen over him, right? Yeah. So it's a lot of that stuff, Kyle. Uh, I know you're uh, you're hurting right now. I can sense it in your man. voice. I you're, hurting. Books. you're hurting. I just want to read books. If you're listening to this. Follow me on TikTok, What the Fuck You're Reading, podcast coming soon. We're just reading books, changing the world. And I tell you, I tell I tell the people this all the time, yo. I'd much rather read books than watch a Jim Benning-led Vancouver Canucks. You're, you're starting the next Reading Rainbow. You're going to be the next LeVar Burton. Might as well. Might as well, man. Change the world, man. We're trying to read more than captions, yo. We're trying to change the world. And uh, I might as well try changing something, right? Aquilini's not changing a damn thing. Damn, bro. I can't believe it, man. Another year of Jim Benning is coming up. Yo, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A lot of pessimistic, uh, pessimistic energy right now, but I actually feel bad for this. Yeah, and, and and I said before, you are a very optimistic yeah. person by nature. Jim Benning got you down bad. He's got you down bad. Oh, dog, dog, dog. How you been, man? Life's good. Life's, Life's good, good, man. Life's good. There you go. I actually ignored Trevor Beggs' call last Wednesday. We we usually record podcasts on Wednesday. Couldn't, couldn't do, it. do it. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I ignored his call. That was the first time I ignored a Trevor Beggs' call, man. So if he's listening to this, I'm not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I got a life to live. Uh, okay. Well, Kyle, thanks for uh, thanks for joining the podcast, man. I appreciate you uh, helping hey, out in the pinch. Hey, man, we gotta we gotta do this again asap. Yeah. Maybe on sip, and we'll talk for like an hour. Me, you, and Trevor. Yeah, get back to it. Okay. okay thanks, peace. buddy. All right, we are back. 
All right. Thank you to Kyle Bowen for hopping on the podcast. Nice to hear from Kyle again. We're going to move on to the NHL playoffs. Yes, the NHL playoffs are in full swing. And I have my thoughts. I do have my thoughts. So this is gonna, I think this is going to be a regular segment for the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're on the show with my thoughts on the Stanley Cup playoffs. As they're, as they're going on, you can listen back maybe in a few months and see how wrong I was or how right I was. I think how right, but let's start off with, I guess, the Canadian series so far. Toronto-Montreal. I desperately, desperately want the Leafs to choke this away, and I think there's a chance that they can. Okay? This is the Toronto Maple Leafs we're talking about. I will root for them so hard to fail in spectacular fashion. Carey Price can still steal, you know, Carey Price can still steal this series. What's the old saying? What's the old saying? You're not in trouble until you lose at home. Well, the Montreal Canadiens have not lost at home yet. So I think they still have a bit of hope. They still have a lot of hope, actually, to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs in round one. Now, Edmonton Oilers, man, that's a, that's a brutal way to go down three Cobb in a series, blowing a 4-1 series lead. McDavid, I don't want to hear any... I'm sorry, from now on, I think it's inevitable that the Oilers lose this series, whether they were recording this Monday, whether they win tonight and say, and you know, live to fight another day, or they get swept. I don't want to hear anything, anything about Connor McDavid. Oh, he's so good. Oh, you know, look at all many points. You can't get it done in the playoffs. How good of a player are you? And I know Connor McDavid, you know, is arguably by some the best player in the league. Cool. Talk to me when he has a serious playoff run. Because until then, I'm sorry. He's a stat patter. He's a floater. You cannot go, you cannot get swept by the Winnipeg Jets after the season you have and have some ser- not have some serious question marks about you come up. I'm sorry. That's just not how it works. Tricycle, they're a one-line team. The, the Oilers are a one-line team. They need better depth. Mike Smith turning back into a pumpkin in front of our eyes. And, and the funny thing is, the Oilers didn't even want Mike Smith back. If you look back to last offseason, they were going hard after Jacob Markstrom. They were going hard after Markstrom. Couldn't get him signed. He goes to Calgary, and they quietly bring back Mike Smith on a one-year deal. Come back to bite him now. The East Division, the Bruins, 3-1, 4-1, sorry, series winners against the Washington Capitals. Man, the Washington Capitals have not won a playoff series since they won the Stanley Cup in 2018. I'm sure Canucks fans would trade that, would say, sign me up for that. If you win a cup and don't win a playoff series for the next, let's say, three seasons, that would be fine with them. But at the same time, I think there's some big changes coming to Washington. Kuznetsov pretty much gone, I think. Samsonov probably. Ovechkin's a free agent. And I think he resigns in Washington. But maybe maybe he explores his options. I don't know. I think Ovechkin probably wants to win another cup before he retires to cement, cement his legacy. Bruins, Bruins are a good team. They've been one of the best teams in the league since the trade deadline. Taylor Hall finally getting to the second round. Good for him. The other East series, Pittsburgh and Islanders. It's been a tight series. I think the thing's going to seven. Pittsburgh, J- Jeff Carter's playing well, I think. But don't, don't under, people always underestimate the Isles. I can see him winning this series. That, that, that series is too close to call. 
the, I guess, Southeast, whatever the division is with Vegas and Colorado. I love the Minnesota Wild. I think they're a very underrated team. They've actually been controlling play in that series against Vegas. 55% the expected goals. But guess what? Marc-Andre Fleury, he's found the fountain of youth in Vegas. His career trajectory is just absolutely wild. Looking at where he was in Pittsburgh, where they pretty much tossed him aside for Matt Murray. Vegas got him for for nothing. They they Pittsburgh didn't trade him to Vegas or anything to offload the cap. They just let him, they just exposed him and, and Vegas took him. What decision that turned out to be because he, he's the reason Vegas is leading 3-1 in that series at the time of recording. He's been awesome. Colorado, that series wasn't even close against the Blues. Colorado is an absolutely... An absolutely different league, it seems like. They just come at you in waves. They got such a good defense core. Their forward depth is great. And for the Blues, they're kind of in a Washington Capital situation where they have not won a series. They have not won a series since they won the Cup. Jordan Bennington, 0 for 9. 0 for 9 in playoff games since that, since he won the Cup. And I wonder for Jordan Bennington, is he, is he just one of those guys where he got lucky? Got hot for a six, seven month stretch, won a cup. And now he's going to write. Is he going to be the next Cam Ward? Is he going to be a guy who wins a cup and then stays in the league for maybe a bit too long and team holds on to him for too long because he won him a cup? I don't know. But St. Louis, there could be changes there as well. I'd love a guy like Colton Pareko on the Canucks. He's going to cost you a lot. But you know, I think St. Louis makes changes after getting swept like that. Hard not to. The other series, Tampa Bay, Florida, Tampa Bay. They, they're they in a Colorado tier where it seems like they just come at you in waves. And I know like Florida is a good team, but their goaltending situation is an absolute mess. Look, they're paying Bobrovsky hit like $8 million a year for the next bajillion years. They started him. They started Drieger. It looks like they're going to start Spencer Knight in an elimination game. They can't figure out their goaltending, and that's really holding them back. But I like... I like the Panthers if they can ever figure that out going forward. Um, Tampa, man. Kucherov hasn't looked like he's lost a step since coming back. The whole cap situation. I, I, hey, it's obviously bullshit, but if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And it, just, it goes back to all this cap circumvention bullshit. The Canucks are still the only team to suffer a cap recapture penalty. It's absolute bullshit. But whatever i'm still pissed off at it i'm still i'm still pissed off at it and the other series in that is oh man i'm trying am i am i drawing the blank carolina carolina and nashville uc sorrows keeping nashville in that series nashville has won two double overtime games in a row to tie up that series nashville's got a chance with sorrows and net they they definitely do i just wonder if they used up all their luck in this series in those two double overtime games. Carolina is, is a very good team. They're my pick to win the cup. They look they look amazing. They're very much in a Colorado Tampa Bay mold where they just come at you in waves. They got the depth. Maybe they have a bit of question mark in goal because Delkovich, he's okay, I guess, but I wouldn't call him an elite or you know, but he's an average goal. He's not above average. I, I still think Carolina wins this series in six games. I think they, again, I just, it's going to be hard for Nashville to rely on 
UC Soros to win two more games. I'm sure he's capable, but I I just have this feeling in the back of my head that Nashville has used up their luck in that series. They've used up their luck in that series. Anyways, that is today's episode of Power of the Towel part of the Next Misconduct Network of Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to the network wherever you get podcasts. I'm your host, Nick Bondi. Thank you for listening.